This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We are back. T.A. Mahoney, Tales from the Dark Side. And you know what? If you accept to go on my podcast, you're kind of admitting you're a weirdo. <laughs> I ain't calling him a weirdo. I'm just telling you he kind of admitted that by coming on here today. But we got Captain Jason Dozer. What's up, Jason? What's going on? I'm happy to be on here. I actually thought I was coming here to get my trailer worked on today from Doug. That's how we get you on here. We lock the gate before we tell you what's going on. Now and you I'm got stuck. a choice. You want the key? Go on the podcast. That's all right. I had some beer, so I think I'll be good. We'll, it's, we'll make uh, this work. You know what I want to do, Jason, is kind of start off with give people some history about how long you've been around, uh, what you got into, and what you're doing today. And we'll, I'll stop you in between and kind of talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. I've been doing a lot lately, honestly. I'm a full-time fishing guide here in Tampa, Florida. I spend a little bit of time in Key West every year, month or two, fishing down there for mahi, lobstering. Uh, basically anything you do on the water I try to make money doing it and I love putting people on fish and taking people out so when did it start where were you fishing born? addiction Nope. oh we're talking about the beginning yeah the oh, beginning. this what is a lot longer this story monster? this is a lot longer story and I thought we had yeah we can go we're gonna quick. need an extra case of beer I think we'll be all right all right all right so uh, I was born in Zephyr Hills and Honestly, we were we were a pretty big outdoor family growing up, but we were never like really good fishermen. Like we actually, I feel like we were never really good at any of it. Like we just enjoyed being outdoors. Like I remember like going fishing like when I was younger with my dad, and like we would never catch anything. And but we just kept going fishing every day. Right. And there came this point, and it was like so. I it was like when I was in high school, and I know where the exact point when it started. It was because I all my I was really good in school, and then everything I started failing classes because I was fishing every day. And at that point, I I found out I had a fishing addiction. You had a sickness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where'd y'all used to go when your dad would take you? Uh, so we would fish all of the Hillsborough River, all these boat ramps, like off of Morse Bridge. There's a little lake by my by where I grew up. It's called uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Mm, lake Pasadena. Okay. And it's full of bass. I mean, honestly, now I go there and I'm like, how did we not catch bass here? And it was just because we just were doing things so incorrect. You know, we would, don't get me wrong, we, we would catch fish, but it's not like looking back. Not like today. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like when me and you go out and fish, like we're going to go sure. catch this and we go catch it. That's right. And, but I like that. I honestly, I like the, I like the organicness of just going fishing. Well, and as a, as a parent, you know, that's one of the things to spend that time with the kid. There was yeah. a little more than fishing. Going yeah, yeah, on no, it was my, some of my best memories with my sure. dad, you know, and I barely get to fish with him now. He's more of a workaholic than I am. Right. So, you know, to get him on the boats, like pulling teeth, I have a better chance of fishing with Mike Mahoney in the Keys than I do with fishing with my dad all the time. Right. And that's so. tough. You know, I enjoy fishing with my dad. He doesn't go out as much anymore, but I sure do remember all the memories of being out there. And it's kind of what created the monster, so to speak, like yeah. you said, a fishing addiction. Uh, the one thing nice was about fishing is growing up, you didn't have to have a lot of money to go fishing. 
You know what I mean? You could go, and that was even getting into the 18, 19, 20-year-old, yeah. and you're barely paying your rent, and, you know, you're living week to week. You could still find time to go find a bank or, you know, a boat ramp, some of the best snook fishing arounds at these local boat ramps. Yeah, we, uh, I remember, like, when I first really got into, like, fishing, and, like, me and my buddy Kelly, and uh, we have a story time on YouTube you should check out talking about our first Redfish tournament we ever did, and, uh, I just remember like getting into these tournaments and going like wow like all these people are like making money fishing this is way before i was a charter captain right and i literally just bought my first boat it was a it was a key west stealth flats boat and we went out and we literally like i think like three weeks before this caught our first redfish like on a gulp shrimp now you're ready to tournament fish yeah we caught a freaking a redfish on gulp shrimp and we literally we're in these docks at inglewood it literally so from there on out, all we knew about fishing was just go fish docks. <laughs> so we literally fished it docks. Works. And everywhere that you could catch a redfish in the United States fishing these tournaments, dock fishing. And we Back actually, place. we got our butt kicked a lot. But like when you're fishing, like I didn't understand then, like when you're fishing, like guys, like I'm on the water like over 200 days a year. And like you have some kid that like, I'm sleeping in my truck to fish this tournament and eating Wendy's dollar menu. Right. And I'm expecting to compete against somebody that has full sponsorships and like, you know, does this every day for their job but it was still it was still a blast but that, so back to the story where i was going to talk about i remember this one time we were it was the flw championship this is going back like uh, i was like circa 2004 maybe and 2000. you were a guide at the time no or? i was not a guide yet at all what kind of work did you do so then? my dad was a staffing company and i was in college and okay. i was i was at usf getting my uh, marketing degree and i was fishing these redfish tournaments and literally all of yeah, all the money that I had, I had, we had no sponsors. Like we were paying like nine hundred thousand dollar entry fees, <laughs> and then literally, like, so we the championship was in Biloxi, and the weather was horrible. I had this eighteen foot renegade boat. Late in the year. Yeah, fall. Yeah, it was man. a fall. It's fall. Tough up there. And it's out of Biloxi, and we're fishing Louisiana, but we didn't even have enough money to really stay anywhere. So we're staying in a tent at a campground, and I had to pre I pre fished by myself for like seven days, and docks just, right no there was no docks there <laughs> i actually had to learn something that was like a very big learning experience for me but like you was said was it all on your own yeah the all, learning you did literally no info no nothing went looking so i went days. i went there in biloxi i went to the campground put my tent up went and launched my boat and just headed out i literally just ran into ship island i didn't even know literally what just i was looking doing at, at the chart yeah i just ran out to this island Saw a couple redfish, like hooked one. I used to, we were using, I used gold spoons. That's like, was my Louisiana thing back then. Like I, I had one tied on, bam, stuck one. I was like, holy crap, there's a bunch I of fish here. Fish. Yeah, there's a <laughs> bunch of fish here. And then, so I keep working my way deeper into the marsh. I remember this, I'll never forget this. And it's like the feeling that I always try to get whenever I'm fishing. And I think that's why like people like that fish, like as much as you and I do, like we were always looking for that feeling, the feeling of finding something you feel like is special that no one else has ever found. That's right. A honey hole. Yes. And I pull up into this pond and it's like outside, it's the outer Louisiana marsh, like outside like Lake Ponce de Train. Right. And I pull up and I literally just like turn my motor off and I'm just floating. Like I've literally, I've been, I caught that, caught, caught a few redfish at Ship Island. And then I pull up to the spot, I start, start looking. There's no cell phone service, so if I did break down, I was completely screwed. Back then, you know, I didn't have any, you know, Garmin in reach like I have now. Right. I didn't even tell anyone where I was going. 
Right. In the middle of Louisiana Marsh. <laughs> I'm going fishing to where I'm going. And I, I start looking down the bank and I start seeing like shrimp popping and something like hitting them and just pushes all around the marsh. And it'll be in redfish. Wow. Like the whole entire. Big ones? So on the outside edges of the marsh were smaller ones. So I go up there, I start sticking them. I bet you I caught like 40 fish in this pond. Like, wow. Best day of red fishing. I bet you were happy. It was a pre fish day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It was a pre fishing day, but I've never caught redfish like this in my life. And, and you put yourself on it. Yeah. That's what's even better. And in Tampa, you know, we fish next to people all the time. Like, I guiding you now. May, you may fish no, next no, to I'm people saying all I, the time. I, I'm saying in Tampa, like, like today, like I was fishing by myself and people. People pull up on me, and I just tell my clients, let's reel in. We're going to go somewhere else. Like, you're not paying for that experience, you know? Like, you can fish off the Sunshine Skyway Bridge if you want to be next to people. Right. Why pay me, you know, 600, 650 bucks? I agree. So, we pull up, and we just leave. I don't Find I don't call. Spot. I don't make a hassle. I got plenty of other spots. Smart. You know? Second largest estuary in the United States, Tampa Bay. So, we got plenty of other spots. So, we're in the spot. I'm catching some redfish. And I look out in the middle of the pond. And there's stuff just blowing up. And I've never even seen anything like this. Like, I've never been on a school at Redfish at this point. You wonder know? if people are throwing stuff <laughs> at you. And it's giant shrimp, like the size of my hand. Oh, man. And they're jumping out of the water because there's a giant school of these overslot redfish just blowing them out. So I'm like, I literally I crank no my... No camera phone, no, no video. Nothing. This is just... Just you. Me by myself in the That's middle of awesome. the marsh. And it's telling you, it's one of my best memories that I... That I ever and I try to recreate it like like that's what I'm always looking for you know when I go somewhere that's why I go to the Keys and I'll just go or like now my new obsession is the Everglades like I just go to the Everglades and what we do is we go get lost you know and that but that's what I like to do that's that's what makes me you know learning something new or like you know just when the I'm fishing challenge. in general yeah the challenge that's almost what it sounds like when you got into uh, tournament fishing, you know, you get a boat, you yeah. know, you want to fish, you fished all your life. You may be, you know, the success wasn't where you wanted it to be. You got your own boat and you went out there and all of a sudden you're yeah, I never thought about it like that. tournament <laughs> fisherman, you know, I yeah. mean, that's uh, all of us feel that the people that are in the industry one way or another, most people are involved in that industry. I know I've done a ton of tournaments, um, why I did them, I can't tell you why I did them. I just thought I wanted to, you yeah. know. And then after getting beat down so hard, and my whole thing here, I know with the fishing guide, their idea is to build themselves, maybe more bookings, that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, being able to stay busy, that's the hardest thing as a fishing guide. But, you know, Jason, you've realized this, and it's something I've seen in you over the few years that you've been coming in here and started your guide business and and get rolling you're not one-dimensional yeah and trying to be that way for instance just a tournament fisherman i think you're going to starve unless you get a big paycheck from people paying you to fish most of us regular guys that struggle for the little bit of sponsorship we get you're really not getting paid unless you win the tournament or come somewhere in first or second place so to be a just a tournament fisherman you know, it's like I think of, you know, it's all the guys thing, I know. for sure, and it's for all, tournaments. Yeah, you got to be there. I right? lose so much money fishing tournaments. And like I said, and I'm not the best tournament angler in general because, like, I'm a very competitive person. But at this point in my life right now, I'm, like, very, like, focus-driven with my business. And, like, I'm trying to retire. Like, a tournament's like a quick payday. 
Like if right now, I'm trying. Yeah, if you win. Yeah. And I already took. I probably took 14 days off to go really fish for a tournament. Go catch a redfish or yeah. a kingfish or anything else you're into. When I know I can deliver a great product, which sure. is put me putting clients on fish every day. Right. And I don't have to. I, I could be where it doesn't matter where I'm at. I could do that anywhere. Right. So, but that, like you said, goes back to me forcing myself to learn all these things. All right. So I want to hear the end of this pre-fish story. How'd the tournament go? That you're on the fish. You found the pond blowing up shrimp the size of your hand. You got me on the edge of the seat. <laughs> Did you smoke them in that tournament? What All right. happened? All right. So we'll talk about so we'll talk about the tournament. So that tournament, I think, you know, don't quote me on this exactly, but we were the last person to cash a check in that event. Oh, you got in there, though. Yeah, we were in the money. A couple weeks of fishing, months maybe. Yeah. I mean, you fished all your life, but as far as competitive. Yeah. Was that your first tournament ever? Well, we fished that whole FLW, so there's three or four. We fished a couple smaller IFAs and stuff. I got you. But honestly, we did all right. And, and I will say this about Kelly. Kelly is a really good fisherman, even though me and him, like, butted heads. Like, And who's this Kelly who? Kelly Brookins. He used to live here. He lives up in Georgia now. But he's a really you. he's a really good fisherman. If he would have became a guide, he would have been right up there with any of them uh, as far as just his, his ability to just catch fish. Well, it's not even that, just – adapting to ever-changing environments and then catching fish from sure. that which that's what a lot of people don't realize it's just anyone can catch fish it's just how yeah. good can you adapt to the today's events of what's going on it always cracks me up when somebody says yeah there was a tournament up there and i caught the biggest fish but i wasn't in the tournament you know well the guy who did win the tournament came from texas and came all the way here with three days of pre-fishing, and he won the tournament. That's pretty good when you can adapt, yeah. like you said. That's really what it's all about on these different circuits because they're not all right here. Even with bass fishing, you know, I talk to my cousin all the time about, you know, him bass fishing and asking him questions, and different lakes are totally different. You yeah. can be 25 miles away, and what worked there isn't going to work here, so it's – being able to figure that out beforehand. And that's a, an important characteristic of a tournament fisherman. You for know, sure. For sure. One of them better be able to adapt. Yeah. You know, was that your best finish there? Or? No, I think we, we won a smaller tournament. One of uh, Kent Hickman's first tournaments, like Redfish Pro. And was that a local? Tournament yeah, it was like a local won? artificial tournament. And we did all right. We honestly, we never like did great, but like we always did good enough to like keep going at it. Right. And looking back at it now, like knowing what I know now about fishing, I'm like, bro, like we were so outmatched. Like I literally follow fish in and out of the bay now daily. And I'm like, just drive back then. We just drove around and looked for fish, yeah. you know, like just, we had no, that looks good. we had no rhyme land. or reason why we were doing right. it. We didn't even know what we were looking for. That's right. We were just like, oh, that's a redfish. Like you, you fish for somewhere there's dark water, like Jacksonville. Right. Boom, that's a different world there. Throw a spoon. Yeah, we went back to uh, docks, let's be real. That's right. And I fished. <laughs> and we caught fish, too. Yeah, man. I love dock fishing. If you fish Tampa Bay, you fish docks, yeah. or even out there in the intercoastal. Some of the best fishing I used to like to do uh, on the intercoastal, instead of being out there in August, you know, sweating. I mean, it's terrible, breathtaking. Wait for the storms to go through, go out that night. I used to launch right there at Blinds Pass Road mm -hmm. at the ballpark. And you literally just start picking docks. It doesn't matter. They're either going to be up inside docks on the cult, you know, the little mm -hmm. dead end canals, or they're going to be out on the outsides. You just got to go in there and figure them out. And it usually is pretty well shows true 
from dock to dock, from canal to canal. If you got them bunched up at the very end of the canal, they're probably going to be that way on every canal. For sure. You know, but you'll pick them up. You know, we all throw it out there, but, uh, you know, where the meat of the fish are. I've even noticed from hunting, you were talking about you've done a lot of hunting and fishing. I've noticed that a lot of my spots offshore, when you're looking at the contour lines, where you see points come out, if I'm looking at my chart, I'll have five or six spots on that point marked where I've been and caught fish. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're deer hunting, where do the deer come out? They come out on the point. They don't come out right there on the edge where they're going to walk out in the middle of everywhere. What well, seems to be like the fish are kind of that way too, you know. I mean, I know they're not trying to stay covered, but it's something to do with an ambush point or feed yeah. or something that I've noticed with it, which is, uh, you know, pretty neat. We uh, we got a couple segments here going on, and uh, I think we're about up on one of them, Jason. So okay. what I want to do is we'll take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to talk about where you're at now. I know you got a YouTube channel. Yep. You're really stretching things out in different avenues, and uh, looking forward to talking to you about that. Shake and bake. We'll be Shake right back. We're back. T.A. Mahoney, Tales from the Dark Side. Got, got me a new beer. Yeah, new beer. <laughs> Captain Jason Dozer. You started that early this morning on your charter? Or you no. waited until you were off? That was my first one right here. Yeah, you normally don't drink on the charter. No, that's a, just, illegal, first off. Just afterwards. You know. Well, we talked about a little bit of growing up and where you came from and how you got into it, and now it's evolved into what? Let us know everything you got <laughs> going on right now. Man, YouTube we, channel, yeah, chartering. I got, I got a YouTube channel. I'm fishing in Tampa. I'm fishing over and down in the Keys. I'm doing scallop trips in Homosassa. Like I said, my business, I take it seriously when I filed my articles of incorporation. It says any and any legal and lawful business in the state of Florida. So that's why I do fishing. So if I can make money legally off Whatever of it, you can. That's what I do. Well, you know, that's one of the things that uh, – you know, I notice a lot of stuff. I get a lot of guides in here. I get a lot of fishermen in here and uh, hear a lot of stories and just kind of you get to know somebody just by after several years of them coming in. Um, one of the things I like that you did August is about the worst fishing. I'm not saying you can't catch fish. Nighttime's the key, like I was saying earlier, but cut bait. Your average <laughs> captain, he pro you know, a lot of them do fish through August, but it's miserable. It's a lot so of heat miserable. still, a lot of storms you got to run from. You got to seek shelter. You kind of uprooted here in Tampa and went down to the Keys for the beginning of lobster season, helping people out with that, and uh, really pretty good at it. I was able to experience. I know, I think I saw it on Facebook, and I was sitting there thinking about taking my family, my kids, down and doing some lobstering for a couple of days, and boom, you had something on Facebook that said I had an opening or got one more opening and I jumped on it and it was a good time yeah I know lobstering is one of my favorite things to do and it com it's like one of those things that like when you're a business person and it just like hits you like it falls on you like the, someone pushed over the wall and fell on me I was going down there for vacation right and then I started realizing that all these guides in the keys they don't nobody they don't want to do it <laughs> right. and they hate all the people here and like this is a normal day in Tampa for me mini season that's yeah. Weedon Island Right. You know? <laughs> That's right. When the redfish, springtime, yeah. leading island. Yeah, right? like, 
I deal with this every day. So I started going down there. I started just like hitting up some of my good clients, which, you know what? I've been doing this a long time. I've been guiding 12 years now. And the people that I want to be with, I want to fish everywhere with. So I started inviting them down and just saying, hey, just come check it out. Just come for a day this year. And it turned into, well, you know what? This is really awesome. We can do lobstering one day, snapper one day, mahi. You know, all the stuff that you can go down and do in the Keys. Right. It's readily accessible in August because even though I only have a bay boat, it's calm. Unless, yeah. it, you know, in, unless there's a hurricane. That's right. So we just go down there and have a good time and cut up and drink beer and have a good old time. Yeah, it was a great time. I took my kids down there. We uh, Jason picked us up right at the dock. We were staying at a hotel, picked us up. And I don't know about doing anything for myself other than lobster and when I'm there. And uh, the reason why is, man, you get wore out. It's it hot. It ain't it easy. It is hot. It's super hot. And, you know, somebody who goes all the time like yourself, you're pretty good at it. And I'm not a real big fan of getting in the salt water, to be honest with you. I, I've killed a bunch of stuff on top of the water. I don't really want to get in there with it because I just know one of those days that 10-foot hammerhead's going to be up underneath that boat like they do the tuna in Louisiana. And when I jump in, he's going to come out and take a bite out for all the sharks I've killed. You know, so. I mean, you know how many shark bites there are in the world a year? Oh, I don't know. It's like 300. It it's like I'm 300. telling you, just like an alligator <laughs> we got sitting here. One I'm guy's... way more scared of an alligator. Alligators will get you. you know, They'll be Brett, like, I'm going to stuff you in a hole and I'll I, eat you later. I was with Brett Norris and a whale shark came up on us. And, you know, one of his questions was, Mike, you, uh, did it go through your head? Maybe we should jump in and swim with it. And I said, nah, that's the furthest thing I'm thinking. <laughs> I go, that whale shark would probably eat me. And he's like, nah, nah, they're vegetarians. I go, well, that would be the first meat eater right there that I jump in on and he, he snatches it. But we went out there and like I said, when you're not used to snorkeling and you know, all that kind of stuff, it's work. It's a learning curve for yeah. one. I always tell everyone, if you book me for your first lobstering trip, like you, the only way you're going to get your limit is with m my help. Right. Just because they're it's not scalloping. It's not, you know, like you have to put actual effort in and Big there's like effort. a four knot current. Yeah. You know, like you hop out of the boat and you're like 50 feet back and you're like, whoa. Well, and one, one good thing about going with you, you understand that. And you started with us because we weren't experts and we were in pretty shallow water, which kind of makes it a little bit helpful. You know, as far as a current goes, it's easier to, to maintain yeah, just manage could, everything yeah i have this little spot that's on a flat little cutout that i can show people you know where right. some lobster, even if there's not a lot of keeper lobsters there just helps you get a feel for it get get the day started it's my well, morning start, start catching them. yeah you know that's what happened with me it took forever to catch the first one and then of course the second one wasn't quite as long i still wouldn't call myself good at it but uh, i'm good at eating them i can tell you that yeah. i love eating them. I, I tell you what one of the funniest things that i can remember is how unexpected people are when I go in and catch those mofos yeah. the lobster yeah because like I'm a big guy and then like they get down they're like bro you're like an amphibian right like, you're down there you're like you're like I'm not like don't get me wrong I'm not an Olympic swimmer or anything but like I'm not really good you at know how to get lost I'm not good at a lot of things in life but if yeah. it's murdering something out of the sea yeah or catching it I, I, like I can it. do it I like it especially <laughs> as good as they taste and you know if you think about it making a trip down to the keys with your family you haul the boat down there you got a chance of tires going hubs going um really you're under pressure the whole time you're carrying the boat down uh, you better make sure everything's legal with the trailer because you know the the troopers there are looking for that kind of stuff well, whether easy it be money brakes or 
And you know, to go down there and book a trip with you, it's so much easier. You get the family in a vehicle, you're not towing anything, you drive to wherever. You you helped us with lodging. You didn't yeah. have lodging, but you told us the places that would that would be good. Yeah, and there's there's places that are very accommodating down there and convenient, which is always great, especially like the way I look at it is if you're on a vacation, like there should be conveniences, you know, like it should be easy. Yeah. So that's what we try to do when you go down there, you know, like and that's why like a lot of even a lot of the guides that I know that run lobster trips with me, they're like, How come you only offer like full full day charters? And I'm like, Because it's the experience. Like I'm investing time with you and you're investing money with me and I appreciate that. So I'm not gonna be rushed with a four hour trip. Right. Because I wanna make sure that you're getting your money's worth. Oh yeah. And it's like you can we're all here to make money. But at the end of the day, like I want clients that want to book with me and fish with me every day. Whenever they're whenever they're in town, I want them to think of me. So right. if I'm not offering that type of experience, like what am I doing here? You know, yeah, and that's great what I always try to do about it for sure. What uh, let's talk about the YouTube channel. How do people get a hold of it and tell us a little bit about it? What are yeah. you doing on there? So when COVID hit, that's when my YouTube experience started. I went from having pretty much a fully booked springtime, like pretty much any guide, if they're worth their salt, is going to have to, I lost like 60 trips in like four days. Wow. And I have a good buddy of mine. He has a really successful YouTube channel, Sailing, Sailing GPU. That's Matt McCook and uh, his wife, Kristen. And they, they've been doing really well at it. They're super successful at it. It's a, it's a job, you know, when you're right. doing it full time, it's a job, but I just didn't have anything to do. I like, I lost all this work and I'm not good at sitting around. Like I'm the worst at sitting around. Like I need to be grow like personally for me, like if you're not growing, you're going backwards. That's right. Like even neutral, I you know what I'm saying? That. Yep. Like if I'm idling, I'm going backwards. Right. That's how I feel. Well, in that start, you were definitely going backwards. Yeah. You lose 60 clients. No, and 60 I started, trips. I started out that year. I, so I had neat AC, my second ACL reconstruction. I remember that in yep. December. Yep. So I took off all of January and then I was just getting back on the boat with a mate and then COVID hit. So it was just like domino effect of bad things that happened. And then my, I was just on the phone with Matt and he's like telling me how much, because you know, with COVID, like his channel's growing, like YouTube channel stuff's like going up, like, right. And it was, like I said, we go back to, it's not always about the money, but they were making, they're making, that's how they make their living. Right. And he's sharing with me like, what they're making and what it's like to do it. And I've always felt like I wanted to like learn video stuff and it's been something for a long time, but I just never like, you know, you could talk about something and not be about it. And that's what right. I was like. And then when COVID hit, I was about it. And I, he, he talked me into it. And I literally, I went to Best Buy. I bought a Sony a seven, uh, three, bought some lenses, bought a mic. I spent like five grand, like off the bat. I'm like, I'm committing to this. And if you look at my first YouTube, even if I look at my first YouTube video, I'm like, oh my God, what is this junk that this dude just put out? And then you see like even now, like a year later, sure, like, like anything, like it takes, they say 10,000 hours to be an expert at something. Right. So, but that's what I always strive for is like, if you I just try to get better every video. And what exactly are you doing in the videos? Is it just showing a day of fishing with man, you? Man, we're or? doing we're doing everything in my video, man. So we're doing I'm doing how tos, you know, like I just went to the keys and I, I always my my regimen is I always do redo my trailer before I go to the keys so we don't have problems. Smart, smart. And um, I went early this year because I needed a vacation, so we went down marathon a couple weeks ago. So I redid my hubs and everything. 
made a video of it. Re changing my oil. Going days of fishing. That's awesome. Fishing with clients. Me going fishing. Fishing with my girlfriend. Just filming everything. Right. You know, and that's just trying to figure out like where I fit, where I'm going to fit in until the into the YouTube niche, and that's what it, that's really what it is. How do they find you on YouTube? So uh, if you look up my channel, if you, right here on my hat, oh, there's a camera, but we're also on a podcast, so it's Fish NFL, which would be Fish National Football League. So Fish NFL. If you if you Google that or go on YouTube and do Fish NFL, you will pop up with me. Good deal, man. And it's uh, you can kind of thumb through it and figure out. Yeah, uh, check how out my videos. Put them out. So I'm putting videos out weekly right now. And uh, some sometimes I'm doing more than that. Just depends on what I got going on. And uh, we're gonna. I'm, I just got my computer set up for some live streams. I want to start getting into some more like Q and A's. Just I'm just trying different things, man. I just see what works, you know. Yeah, and that's what I admire about you, Jason. It seems like that's what you've done. You're kind of in the same situation as what Mahoney's did here. You know, we've been in business a long time, but like you said, if you sit idle, you're gonna go backwards. There's no doubt. And it was a shocker. A little over a year ago when they locked us down and as much as you lost business i lost the same thing and that was really the big push yeah was just reaching the people still and, and not being one-dimensional so many people get into the guide business and i can tell you right now there's no guides i know right now that are super wealthy i mean you may have a handful of them that get some really nice jobs with yep. some big families and running big boats and you know they make pretty good money but they're still not you know you can't believe the amount of work that goes into it so watching you kind of branch out and doing all the things you do you got to do a lot on facebook also yep, we, did. we have facebook we got instagram we're trying to post every, captain jason dozer on yeah uh, so everything is fish nfl literally all my stuff everything is, fish, is everything's fish nfl awesome so man. if you search fish nfl you will find me that's a good deal. What's uh, how does somebody get a hold of you if they have no computer, they got a flip phone, and they want to go fishing? Well, they should probably call me on my cell phone. Uh, we're assuming they have a phone, right? Yeah, Not they got a flip phone. They got a flip <laughs> phone. Okay, they have a flip phone. Yeah. All right, so uh, I would uh, probably dial this number right here: eight one three nine five six five three five seven. That will get you in touch with me. And I will answer, and we'll take you fishing. That's awesome, Jason. I appreciate you coming out, man. I've spent some time with you on the boat. It's definitely a good time and a fun time with you, and I suggest anybody out there, call him now if you're thinking about lobster season. He'll put you on them. Even if you got a big boat or something and you're going down there to fish with the family and you want to slide out there maybe two or three days, perfect guy to call, first class have my kids around him really good guy and i appreciate you coming out today Jason. yeah man i appreciate you having me on here i like i said this is my first podcast i ever did it went pretty smoothly it's usually you know it's pretty pretty easy going here so yeah the, Mahon uh, the mahoney family i feel like is part of my family so makes things a little bit better and keep in tune i've got a bunch of weirdos you're on more <laughs> on the the gray area i don't think i'd call you a weirdo but i can tell you most of my buddies are so uh until next time we'll be back soon